These guys are so generous. Really, we want to just honor Larry and Laura. They're so generous. I got a new watch today. So generous, he said that if anybody came tonight and they wanted to take the television. <laughs> well, there's a limit to generosity. <laughs> I love what you said about the wealth of Bible. Yeah. When I was a wee boy, oh, I didn't grow up much. <laughs> when I was a wee boy, I used to go to a convention in Wales. And there was 3,000 people, and they would all sing exactly as Larry talked about. And I've never felt anything so powerful in all my life, ever since. And I know that God's going to do something new, but we haven't even walked in what we had. I can tell you that because I experienced it. And 3,000 people would sing, and anybody anywhere could start a song. And anybody anywhere could pray spontaneously or prophesy. And you think it would be chaotic, but it really wasn't. The Holy Spirit wow. was in charge on that. that. I brought that. What is that? It's a redemption hymnal. Wow. Oh because we sing that as a wee boy. And I really believe God is releasing the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the sons to the fathers. Oops. <laughs> Because it's very echoey. That's fine. I'm going to fix it. Go ahead. Don't pay attention. We need to honour the, the forefathers. And I just want to honour Larry yeah. and Laura. And I want to actually give you that. What is it? It's a handbook from my childhood. That I, I, I sung those songs from the Apostolic Church, which came from the Welsh Revival. This did not come from the Welsh Revival, but it came when I was a child, and it means so much to me. Is it written in Scottish? It's written in Chinese. I love it. That's for both of you, by the way. The Apostolic Church. Wow. It came from the Welsh Revival. Tonight I want you to speak on something I've never spoke about before. Jane thinks it's funny. <laughs> Larry, I don't know if you heard the prophecy Larry gave. Was it the voice of the apostles? Voice of the prophets. And one thing he spoke about was that Correct me if I, if I get it wrong, but this is like this year and beyond. We're going to see the manifestation of the sons, yeah. the mature yeah. sons. Yeah. I want to speak, and I don't have the whole picture. This is not, I'm not saying I understand all that's coming. But I know that we have saw something mm. about what God wants to do on the earth. So this is about what does the mature sons look like. Because all creation is groaning for something, for the mature sons. All creation, not just the earth, all creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. 
Romans 8.19 For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Another version says for the whole creation hopes for and expects the revelation of the sons of God. As I said last night, we've experienced revivals, visitations, but there's something coming that's beyond revival and visitations. God does not, that's not going to stop. There's always going to be visitations and we must always honour what God has done in the past. I love the past and revival. And we don't move away from Pentecost, but God is going to build upon Pentecost and bring something that we've never seen before. Yes. And it's the manifestation of the sons of God in the earth. Yes. But my question tonight is, what does that look like? What, is, what does it look like? Ephesians 4, 11, 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Okay, the King James Version says, unto a perfect man, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The full measure of the fullness of Christ. The apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers have done a good job at training people for works of service. Mm -hmm. But there's something beyond yes. just that. And it's taking, it's training and equipping and bringing people into maturity that we will attain the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. So the question is, what does the fullness of Christ look like? The full measure of Christ. 1 John 4.17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. It does not say as he was on earth. So are we. It says, as he is, so are we. The resurrected, glorified Christ. The resurrected, glorified Christ. The resurrected, glorified Christ. As he is in heaven. As he is glorified. As he is in heaven. So will we be on the earth. A company of people across the planet. The bride of Christ. Walking in the full stature of all that he is, the glorified Christ. So what does he look like, the glorified Christ? What does he look like? Because this is what we will be like. Because we will be like him. We will be like him. Revelation 1, 14-16 says... The hair on his head was white, white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. 
blazing fire. His feet were like bronze. When I'm speaking, this is not just a message. This opens up the realms where we can engage. With this realm where we can engage with the glorified Christ. This is the time, this is the season where God is opening up these realms. He's releasing the governors and tutors from heaven. The teachers and the trainers from heaven. To train us and help us to become mature sons. His eyes like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. As he is, so are we. This is not just a nice idea. This is not just nice thoughts. This is what God is raising up in the earth. This is God's dream for the end times. This is God's dream in eternity past. To have a company of people who will walk in the full stature of Christ. His hair is white as well. Grey hair, white hair. Well, that speaks of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom has been released on these company of people, the bride of Christ. The spirit of wisdom is being released. The ancient of days, as he is, so are we on the earth. The ancient of days, the spirit of wisdom is coming upon us. And the spirit of wisdom builds upon seven pillars. The seven spirits of God. And the spirit of wisdom is coming and we will cooperate with the spirit of wisdom like Solomon and we shall see the church being built. Jesus said, I will build my church. The spirit of wisdom is part of building the temple. His hair white. The spirit of wisdom will come upon us. In whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And his eyes were like blazing fire. We will have the eyes of Christ. We will see through the eyes of Christ. We will no longer discern according to how we think or how we see or our belief systems or our mindsets or our religious upbringings. We will see through the eyes of Christ. Because we will be transformed into the image of Jesus and we will see through his eyes. Eyes of fire. Eyes of fire, eyes of purity, eyes of holiness. Like Charles Finney, he was a, like a prototype. He just walked into a factory and did not say a word and just looked and people began to weep. Just by looking at his eyes. Because his eyes were the eyes of Christ. This generation will have the eyes of Christ. Because as he is, so are we. His feet like bronze. Glowing in a furnace. Bronze. The bronze altar a sacrifice. 
like Christ was the ultimate sacrifice, but there's a company who will be laid down lovers, laid down lovers, willing to die, willing to give up their lives. They love not their lives unto death. But not just death in the sense we die when we get old, but dying to our will, coming under the government of heaven. Not my will, but his will be done. And his voice, his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. His voice, there's a voice speaking in heaven again. I don't understand all that I'm seeing and I don't, it's like a mystery that God's unveiling. But there's something to do with the seven thunders. In Revelation 10 it talks about the seven thunders uttered their voices. There's something about a message that's been released again. And when this message is released, it prepares the bride. William Branham spoke about this. And it's really the words from heaven, like Jesus had the sword coming out of his mouth. And when we speak from the heavenly realms, when we speak from beyond the veil, it will actually have creative power to change things, to speed things up, to even create matter from nothing. Because as he is, so are we in the world. Oracles. And discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Like Jesus. In Luke 4 it says, And Jesus came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. There's coming again a generation, Mike Bickle calls it apostolic preachers. Saints of old spoke about unction from heaven. But there's something even beyond that. There's something coming. Like Charles Finney spoke about his words. When he spoke it penetrated the hearts of the listeners. And people were cut to the heart. Like Peter when he spoke in the day of Pentecost. It said their hearts were cut. George Whitfield when he spoke to thousands their hearts were cut. Because of the power of the sword that's coming out of his mouth. And this generation, for those who say yes, there's a sword going to come out of our mouth and we will become the voice that now speaks from heaven. No longer just our ideas, no longer just what we think, but as William Branham said, the word of the Lord is coming back in an end time generation and they will be able to say, thus saith the Lord. Paul Keith Davis calls it the spoken word ministry that's coming back. The spoken word ministry. Remember, I'm talking about the manifestation of the sons, what they look like. Jesus in heaven is what they look like with a sword coming out of their mouth. And it's not beyond any of us. We're not qualified by our righteousness and we're not disqualified by our mistakes. God is raising up the weak, the vulnerable, the poor in spirit to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even unto 
even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of the Lord is about to come again on this generation. We're going to see it. We're going to see the word of the Lord like we've never experienced before. It's going to come with great power but great responsibility. The oracles are coming to the earth. The oracles are going to be speaking forth the words from heaven. Like St. Columba in Scotland years and years ago. He was one of the, the Celtic saints. And their words were so powerful when they spoke, they knew everything about a person. They worked, they came under the fullness of the seven spirits. And they could speak, they knew when someone was born, they knew the, the, the dates when they were born, they knew the, who the mother was, who the father was, when they would die. A sword is coming. And I want to read a story that worked. Laura was talking to me earlier and you had an encounter and you didn't understand it to do with a squirrel. <laughs> I want to read a story about William Branham because he believed in the end times there would be a company of people who would have the spoken word ministry that he talks about. And when I'm talking about the spoken word ministry, I'm talking about coming under the government of heaven. But there'll be such power on our words that presidents will rise and presidents will fall yeah. at our words. Yeah. Yeah. It's like disasters can be stopped as we speak. Yeah. Things can be materialized when we speak because we're under the government of heaven and God is going to make his name known through the sword that comes out of our mouths. This is about William Branham. On this particular day, by 10 o'clock in the morning, he hadn't seen a single squirrel. The wind was blowing, the sun was up, warming the day, so he decided to take a little nap. He related that he found an ash tree with three forks where he could sit comfortably on the ground and lean back against the forks of the tree. He was meditating on the scripture. If you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. He was thinking how he had never preached on that text, but thought, how is this in the word? Just as he had these thoughts, a voice spoke to him and said, what do you want now? Say it and you can have it. As often as he had heard the voice, he was still startled. He looked around, wondering where it had come from. And the voice repeated, what do you want now? Say it and you can have it. This time he answered saying, well, I am squirrel hunting. I like to have some squirrels. The voice responded, how many squirrels? <laughs> He found himself thinking, well, three makes a good mess. So he answered, I'd like to have three squirrels. All right, where do you want the first one, said the voice. By this time he had stood up, was looking all around, thinking he was in a vision. Yet, B 
being trained by former strange experiences all his life, he responded by thinking, it says to say it, so I will say it. He considered how a squirrel is not usually in a sycamore tree and noted that such a tree was nearby. So he was testing the Lord. Mm. Let a squirrel come out on the limb of the sycamore tree right there, he said. He had no more said these words than the sat a squirrel. He rubbed his eyes and again the thought crossed his mind as to whether this was a vision. But resolving to follow the thing through, he raised his rifle, aimed, fired, and the squirrel fell to the ground. He walked over and picked it up. It was warm and bloody. To himself, he said, visions don't bleed. <laughs> he dropped his squirrel into his bag and said, thank you, Lord, and turned to leave when the voice spoke again. Where shall the second one be? Looking around, he saw a locust tree. He thought, I'll make this one where I know it's God. He said, let a squirrel run up that tree and sit in the top where I can get a shot at his eyeball. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite sad. God's not a vegetarian. <laughs> the words were barely out when the squirrel scampered up and sat right on top of the locust tree. Again he shot, hitting the squirrel in the eyeball. He walked over, picked up the squirrel and again think, thanked the Lord saying, Thank you Lord, your word is true. And again he started to leave, but the voice stopped him saying, But you said three. I did say three, he agreed. This time his instructions were elaborate. <laughs> Let one come right through there, right past those farmers picking up corn in that field, right up this tree, right over across there, jump over that limb, <laughs> and land right there. And that's where I'll shoot him, he pointed out the spot. It made it difficult for God. No, not really. <laughs> of course, you know what happened. The instructions were barely given when there came the squirrel, following all his specifications. Stop right where he had said, and again his shot was true. He picked up the third squirrel and put it in his sack. Paul Keith, when he's talking about this story, he talks about this even though it seems a silly story, William Branham was talking about, and the Lord began to speak to him about the end times, where there was a company of people who would begin to function in the spoken word ministry. Like, if we said to a mountain, move from there to there, I'm telling you, that's the kind of thing we're coming into. It's the spoken word ministry. And Laura, when you were speaking about the squirrel, that's what I was thinking about. Obviously, God has shown you that because God wants us to come into the spoken word ministry like we've never seen before. Like we have never, ever seen before. And it's to do with the manifestation of the sons. Like when they said about Jesus, who spoke like this man? The manifestation of the sons. The manifestation of the sons. I want to give you just a, an example, and this might seem way out there, it might stretch you, 
And as Jane said last night, we, we've got a culture of honour where it's okay to disagree, and it's okay if you're wrong. <laughs> Remember, manifestation of the sons, Matthew 17, I'm talking about the transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here if you wish. I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But while he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The voice said, This is my son. The word son is the mature son. It's the word weos. This is my mature son. As he is, so are we. The mature sun and the Mount of Transfiguration. It's what is going to happen to us. We are going to be transfigured. We are. This generation is going to go up the mountain. The mountain speaks of government. And we are going to stand in the government. And we are going to stand in the mountain. And we are going to have a meeting with the Father, face-to-face encounters. And the Father is going to speak to the bride and say, This is my bride. This is the mature sons. Listen to him. The Mount of Transfiguration. We are going to be so transfigured by light that we will be changed. Our DNA will be changed. A company of people transformed, transfigured on the mount. When I was a wee boy, I remember a preacher saying these words. He said, it's time for the church to come higher up the mountain. There is a mountain, and it's Mount Zion. And God has given an invitation to this generation to come higher up the mountain. To a place where we will be transformed, transfigured. The transfiguration is what it looks like to be a mature son. This may seem way out there, bizarre, but listen, Jesus said, this is my mature son and we will be like him. We will be like him. We will be transformed into his image. This generation... Like the Mount of Transfiguration, there'll be no separation between the earthly realm and the heavenly realm. Peter, James and John, there was no separation between the Father and the Son. No separation between heaven and earth. They stepped into the cloud, into the glory, into the presence, into the governmental realm of heaven. Not just a natural mountain any longer.
We shall commune with the Father beyond the veil. Beyond the veil. This generation is invited to come beyond the veil. It says boldly approach the throne of grace. We are invited to come up higher. There is a voice speaking saying come up here. There is a voice the Father is saying come up here. Come up the mountain and be transfigured, be changed. And this uh, next point might seem crazy, but this generation of mature sons, when we hear the Father speaking over us these words, we will commune with the cloud of witnesses. Peter, James and John saw Jesus transfigured. They, saw the, they heard the Father speaking, but they saw Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah. Do you realise the cloud of witnesses are part of this? Yeah. Do you realise that some people in the cloud of witnesses are visiting people like Elijah is coming? Yes. 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 Lord, thank you. But we are invited up the mountain. Lord, these are the days of the manifest sons on earth. Lord, we want to encounter you in the mountain like Peter, James and John. And hear you speak those words. This is my mature son. Listen to him. Lord, we want to commune beyond the veil. Beyond the veil. And the mature sons will walk in the fullness of the seven spirits of God. Can you feel that realm? When you start to speak about it, that realm just opens up. And it's like, you can just enter in. we're going to walk in the full stature of Christ we need all that Christ had and has and Christ himself says I have the seven spirits Revelation 3 says this is what you must write to the angel of the church in Sardis this is Jesus speaking he says I have the seven spirits of God Christ has the seven spirits of God Isaiah 11 says the seven spirits of the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The full stature of Christ will have the full seven spirits of God. It's not just the gifts of the spirit, but it's the spirit himself. It's the full stature of Christ. It's not just the gift of knowledge, but it's the fullness of knowledge. Like Jesus with the woman at the well. She said he knew everything that he ever did. 
and it's the fullness of wisdom like Solomon who knew how to build. He had the spirit of wisdom like Daniel and Joseph. And when the spirit of wisdom comes on us fully, we will be able to disciple nations, disciple governments, yes. bring solutions to econ economics, to politics, yes. to world situations, Woo! geopolitical problems. When the spirit of wisdom comes on this people, they will call upon us again and they will want to listen once more. The voice will speak through us because we will function in the fullness of the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and counsel and might like Moses he had counsel from heaven to go to the Red Sea and hold his hand up the Lord told him to do that that's counsel and God released might to open the seas we will operate and function in the fullness of counsel and might once again and the fear of the Lord will come again and we will command of the fear of the Lord under his government, not operating outside of his perfect plan, his will, his voice, the fear of the Lord. We will function under the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord will be seen again like it was in the book of Acts. No one dared join them. We tried to get everybody to join our churches, but nobody wanted to join them because the fear of the Lord was present. But the fear of the Lord resulted in the miraculous because even Peter's shadow healed. People would lay in, people in beds just to get near his shadow and they were utterly healed, set free. Can you imagine walking down the streets and the fear of the Lord's upon us? The fullness of the seven spirits is upon us. We can tell people everything about them, not to expose them, but to bring them into the revelation of who they are and who Christ is. The seven spirits will rest upon the manifest sons like we've never seen. Not just Pentecost. And I love Pentecost and we do not move away from Pentecost. God does not do away with Pentecost. But he's moving towards tabernacles. Which is fullness. It's not just visitation. It's habitation. Habitation. There will always be visitations. But it's taking us to habitation. Paul Keith said, many people have walked for a season under visitation, but very few have walked under habitation all their lives. But there's a generation who will walk in habitation in the fullness of the seven spirits, transfigured, Christ-like, walking in the full stature of Christ, all that he is. So what does the manifest sons look like? It looks like Christ. It looks like Christ, the glorified Christ. We will look like him. We are going to get a revelation of the blood. And there's a, a baptism of fire coming that will literally transform our DNA. It is a work of grace because we cannot make this happen. But we must desire it. For it's, it's the blood fire the motto of the salvation army blood and fire we're going to get a revelation of the blood of christ like we've never known before the blood does not just cover our sins it transforms our genetics 
our DNA, where we take the blood beyond the veil, beyond the veil, it transforms us, transfigures us into the image of Christ. And we will walk in the fullness, the full stature of Christ. We will be like him. The blood and fire. And just have one more scripture. So how? I just said blood and fire, but how, how, how? How do we become simple desire? His desire, he transforms us. His blood transforms us. His fire changes us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. Another version says so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is his spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. As we go beyond the veil and behold him we will be changed into his image. What is the mature son's? We will be changed into the image of Christ. Mm. We will walk in the fullness of wisdom, the white hair. Yeah. We will walk and see through the eyes of Christ. We will have a sword in our mouth. And the spoken word will be released in the earth. The seven thunders will utter their voices. And the creation will respond to the manifestation of the sons as we behold him and become like him. I just want to put on some music and I want us to go by faith, step by faith. The veil is gone and just simply behold him because as we behold him, it says we are transformed from glory to glory into his image. If you could stand up, What we do is we'll take a physical step forward. You do not need to do this, but it just helps us grasp the idea that we can step beyond the veil. So take a physical step forward. And just behold him. Behold him. Mm. 
hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. We behold you, Jesus. We stand before you. And we behold your beauty within the veil I now would come. I see such beauty there, none other can compare within the veil. Just begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. And worship you, Jesus. Even if you begin singing, sing a new song. Begin worshiping him. Behold him.
This is where we hear the Father speak. This is where we hear the voice now speaks from heaven. And this is where the blood speaks a better word than that of Abel. The blood speaks. The blood transforms. And this is where the seven burning lamps are before the throne, the seven spirits of God. 